This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today we have Doberman Dan. He is a 33-year serial entrepreneur, A-list copywriter, and three-time international best-selling author. In his spare time, he's also a professional musician and composer. He has started numerous info product businesses and four different nutritional supplement businesses. He is regularly hired to write sales copy for one of the most successful direct response marketers and publishers in the country. Dan has been publishing the Doberman Dan Letter since 2011 and has many of the most successful online marketers in the world as his subscribers. Let's go! Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. Been looking forward to it. Appreciate the invitation. Absolutely, man. So before we get into the heavy hitting questions of entrepreneurship and business and all that other fun stuff, uh, we have to talk about some of the important stuff that we, uh, that we need to get off our chest early this morning. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order? to make your day complete? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so if in an ideal world, uh, like for example, if, if calories didn't exist, uh, then- well, they don't on weekends, so you're good, right? All right, great, then I'll, I'll go with that one. So I just had, I just had the, my best day, uh, where am I going to eat? This will sound so boring, I know, but I'm going to eat at home. And what am I going to eat? Pizza. I could literally eat pizza every day. <laughs> that's one of my vices. I guess as far as vices go, that that's not too bad. But yeah, so it, it would definitely be pizza. Are you going plain pizza? Are you putting anything on it or what? Probably pepperoni and black olives and okay. with some of that spicy uh, uh, red pepper on there too. I respect that answer. Well, that's good stuff. So the first real question of the podcast is tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and how did you overcome it? It could be particularly about your story because you know I did some research about your uh your life and and we had a little bit of a conversation uh, before the show um, but i want to talk about specifically this period of nine years where you went through a particular roller coaster of life um, so let's talk about that experience and how did you overcome it so um you're a good researcher by the way so those are two very good questions um during those nine years, if you want to talk about feeling lost, I felt so lost. Um, so I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. I was a police officer for the city of Dayton. And uh, after I've been a cop for, I guess, about two, two years, three years, somebody hit me up for the Amway business. And uh, that got me introduced to the concept that, hey, I could have a business of my own. I, I failed at it, but at least it got me started in that path. So, uh, so I was a cop for 12 years, first three, just full-time cop 
and the last nine full-time cop, part-time entrepreneur, but every single project was just a crash and burn failure. Like never, I just couldn't ever get anything off the ground. Every business I tried to start never made a dime. It just sucked away all my money. I went broke and was depressed and business after business, at least three a year for nine straight years. I, I never felt more lost in my life. Like I thought well, other people have been successful at these business, all these different businesses. I tried to start uh, vending business two two different vending businesses, a home improvement business, a jewelry business. Like I saw these other people being successful, but I just kept failing at business after business. So that was a very lost period in my life those entire nine years. But now the interesting timing on your question too, because I feel lost like right now because of uh, an implosion of my existing tools for a book offer I've got going on right now, a book, a book funnel offer that everything was working great. And now it just imploded and right in the middle of it. These, these tool, you know, the shopping card and the email system for follow-up are, are now deciding they don't want to play well together. So now it's like you know, back to the drawing board and research all these different things and start this funnel all over again using a whole new set of software. So, mm. so I'd like to tell you that, you know, once you get clarity in your, in your journey as an entrepreneur, it's great and smooth sailing. Now I feel lost all the time. I feel lost right now. <laughs> mm. So I guess the, one of the things that is, is always important is the overcoming aspect of it because you sound as if that this, your story is you are failing and you constantly fail, just like a lot of us that are listening and watching, but you always find a way to get back up and you always find a way to just continue moving forward. So what was that, that mentality like for you to just constantly keep going and not necessarily looking at the failures? Uh, because most people would look at failures and just completely stop what they're doing. What was it that meant that led you to keep going? So I, I think any sane person after, you know, while I was still a cop, um, any sane person would have quit after 12 months of serial entrepreneurial failures that like three or four business failures in the first 12 months of that entrepreneurial journey, any sane person would have quit. I just, I didn't have any options. I, I wanted out of that job because, uh, I listened to, I think it was a Jim Rohn tape and he said, if you want to see where you're heading, look at what people, uh, look at what you're doing and what people are doing that have been doing it 20, 30 years longer than you. And the prognosis was really grim on the police department. So first of all, uh, almost nobody made it to a service pension, which was 25 years. And then you got, you know, your regular service. Almost nobody made it to that. Uh, they were gone prior to that with a disability of some sort, physical or mental. Uh, of those who did make it 25 years, 
within five and, and these and so this was a job since you started it so young you could have a service pension in your early 50s or mid 50s so even though people could retire at that age the statistics were in five years or less after retirement 68 percent of cops were dead so so and and i knew the outcome and you're gonna die broke because they were all broke i mean i could just to see the fruit on that tree, I just needed to look 25 years down the road. And I had no other options. Um, I had to make this work. The only other thing I could do was play guitar. And I knew the results of that because I tried to make a living at that too. And it was, mm. you know, on a good night, after paying for beer, I'd maybe make 50 bucks. Right. So, <laughs> and that's not paying the bill by any means. No, well, that's speaking of pizza, the difference between a, a full-time guitarist and a, and a large pizza is the large pizza can feed a family of four. <laughs> so like I had no options. I, I couldn't quit. It was like there was, I was a self, I, uneducated, you know, self-educated guy, barely graduated from high school. There was nothing to fall back on. And I really wanted out of that civil service job. I simply could not quit. That just wasn't an option. And so, I knew like, eventually, I'm just gonna eliminate enough of the things that don't work that I will find something that works. Absolutely. So now you've found something that has worked, at least you know, based off of uh, your current success. Um, and, and the things that you're doing. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, so one of the hardest things to do in business is to achieve your first 100 customers. Talk about the business that you're in now and how you're currently achieving customers. So I, I was really lucky in that I stumbled, in the midst of those nine years of business failures, I stumbled across uh, direct response marketing through Dan Kennedy. I bought a thing called the magnetic marketing system. So it was a system that taught business owners how to use direct response marketing as opposed to like image advertising uh, for their business. So I thought, okay, I'll use this for whatever business I was trying to start, traditional business that was failing. But then when I saw that model, I thought, well, this is cool he used this direct response marketing and direct response sales copy to sell me paper and ink for 397 bucks. That sounds way sexier than all these other businesses that I'm trying. So I just totally stole his model and used it to sell a self-published bodybuilding course, which was a, an interest and a passion of mine at the time. So that was the first business after nine straight years of failure. That was the first business that was successful. And how I got my first 100 uh, customers or clients, whatever you want to call it, in that business was I used uh, a lead, a small fractional page lead generation ad in the bodybuilding magazines. Because back then the internet just was, it, it wasn't a viable media. I started using the internet for that business in 96, but even back then in 96, it wasn't that viable of a media. So it was still space ad. So I, 
I would run a small lead generation ad that was like, you know, uh, how a genetically average guy can gain 20 pounds of muscle in eight weeks, call this toll free record a message. And then once they called in, I followed up with my sales letter in direct mail. And that's that simple little system is what worked and got my first, uh, hundred customers. And, and actually within 12 months, that business was making enough money that uh, finally allowed me to leave my job on the police department. Mm. So how long did it take in order to, to do that process and how long ago was that? And do you think it would work today? So that was 1995, I guess. Um, it, it, it would depend on the particular market and niche. Would it still work today? Yes, it would. Um, and it depends. I might even start that way again today, uh, just using offline to generate leads. I, I probably might use a different model. Mm -hmm. If I could get, you know, magazine advertising cheap enough, I might use it to drive the lead online. Mm -hmm. um, but still the same model today could be duplicated online. Um, and again, depending upon the, the market or niche, uh, offline might be a good way to start or just a good adjunct, you know, as a multi-channel thing. So when it comes to offline and, and online, um, are there some techniques and some strategies that have worked really well for you to obtain your, your customers now? Um, you know, it seems like you're in a groove, so to speak where um, it's just, you're just plugging and playing and it's just everything is connecting. So is there that one thing, so to speak, that is allowing you the growth that you've been able to uh, obtain? I'm, so I've gone through a, a, a lot of changes over 25 years. So my, my current business now is uh, I sold a bodybuilding nutritional supplement business in 2012 and it, the sale came together really fast. So I hadn't really planned out my next move. <laughs> so I just thought, well, I guess I'll start freelancing, you know, hiring myself out to write sales copy for others. Cause prior to that, I, all my own businesses were always driven with my own copy. I wrote my own sales copy. So my business today is a little different. Um, I still am available. Uh, for certain projects to write copy uh, as a hired gun copywriter. But now I've got a, a membership business, so um, it, which includes a, a membership site. It's for, it's for online marketers or direct response marketers who use direct response marketing online or offline. So it's uh, content about that um, and content about copywriting so my business model now is the membership. Yeah. Uh, they also get a print newsletter. My mem I call my members nights because I call my membership the marketing cam lot. So mm. my nights get a print newsletter. Um, they get a webinar with me every month. And so out of that membership, it's the membership is actually like the feeder system for clients. So my best clients when I do accept a client they come out of the membership so so my business is a lot different now I guess it's more like uh, yeah. 
drive into the membership and then the, the, that drives some of the client work. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, okay, so you brought up a, a really interesting point that I'd like to, to dive deeper into, and that's just like the, the perfect ad copy. Um, what are some things that you see that a lot of people are doing nowadays um, that they should be doing better or that they should be focusing on? Maybe some wording, maybe some something contextual that, that people can do, because I'll give you an experience, uh, a story. I am constantly seeing coaches and I'm constantly seeing people about joining my webinar and doing this and doing that. And honestly, it doesn't, it's, I'm not the target demographic, so it doesn't work well for me. I just move on to it. But if somebody was compelling enough, I may entertain the idea. I may not sign up, but I may entertain it. So what does the perfect or at least a, a reputable ad copy look like and and how would you structure it if you can kind of just give the a, a relatively simple blueprint without giving your secret sauce away that we can take home with us today sure so so a lot of hired gun copywriters as part of their promotional uh thing they do a lot of self-aggrandizing and talk about well i'm so wonderful because i wrote this ad and it's you know, getting, uh, you know, a four to one return on investment. Every dollar invested, it gets $4 back. And, you know, I'll admit I've done the same thing. I've talked about sure. my successes that way and, you know, patting myself on the back that, uh, you know, I did such a good job on the copy. Well, you know, copy, the copy itself is just a really small part of it. Yeah. What it's really about is, is about understanding the market. So, and, and that requires you to go deep with your research. You've got to know whichever market you're selling to, you got to know their biggest fears, their biggest hot buttons, and you've got to hit on that. And so that's a big part of it. And actually having a unique and compelling offer, you know, is the big part of it. If you understand those two things, you can be a very, very mediocre copywriter and you're still going to get great results. Like I imagine all the copy that you're seeing, they probably just don't understand the market. Uh, and they're probably hitting on stuff that's kind of like, it's kind of like, meh, the, react, the reaction is like, meh. You know, if they were hitting on a hot button thing that is just scaring the crap out of the market that gets people you know, that wakes people up at three in the morning, sweating, worrying over this. If they just hit on that, you know, that's probably what needs to be done. So it's, it's all about understanding the market. I used to think after I'd been writing copy for 10 years and I had some successes under my belt, you know, I used to think, well, I'm getting good at this. I can sell anything. Nah, couldn't be further from the truth. It's, it all comes back to the market and, and what they want, their big hot buttons, their big fears. And then, you know, just hitting on that with a unique and compelling offer. Mm. So if there's a formula for it, it's first of all, finding out what that big idea is. What is the big pain point? What is the 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 bleeding neck issue like so when i was on the police department 
we, we knew basic first aid, you know, ABC, airway, breathing, circulation. You show up and, and if somebody's not breathing, you're not going to worry and attend to the gunshot wound to their leg. You just ignore that. The first thing you got to do is figure out why they're not breathing. You got to clear the airway. So it's the same thing in copy. You know, if you, you got to figure out that big idea, that one big thing and that one big problem. So I'm just riffing um, right now. So, so in, in the market I'm in now for my, for my membership program, ask any business owner and they're going to tell you almost all of them are going to say their biggest issue is not getting enough clients. They don't have a predictable way to get clients. So if you're talking about anything other than, even though if you'll dig deep enough, that is not their biggest issue, but they think that's their big issue. So if you're talking about anything other than that, then your message is just not going to get the attention that it needs to. But, you know, if your message is about, uh, you know, unique contrary proven system for you to get a uh, hundred new clients in the next 12 days, now that's probably what's going to grab attention. And you figure that out by just doing the research and understanding your market. Well, I was going to say, um, when you say doing research, yeah, critical. Um, and a lot of people can do research in, in the ways that they find the most successful. Um, I can give you a story where I've done research, where I've read uh, a ton of articles on Inc. and Forbes and Entrepreneur, and I'm learning from this person and that person and, and all that. But that's not necessarily the research that is necessary in order to move your business forward. Um, if you could um, just tell us what are some ways that we could obtain that data and obtain that research in order for us to, um, to apply it and implement it into our business. I, there's, you know what I prefer the most? I want to talk to a real live human being simply because um, it, the, the kind of copy I write now and the clients that I write for, um, you know, the, these are this, these are a list players. So you've got to be on top of your game. And so uh, psychologically, there's a lot going on when you have to create copy at that level. That's why when it comes to research, I mean, I do it all. I'll read books, every book I can get my hand on on the topic. Um, I'll go to where the market congregates and read things there, you know, that they're, they're writing, like I'll read Amazon reviews in that particular market, but to develop the empathy and the emotional connection with the market that I think is truly necessary to write breakthrough A-list copy I want to talk to a real live human being and I'll give you an example of how I've done that and we'll continue to do this. If like, for example, in the health market, so I've written a lot of health stuff. There's a gun, a, a gray gun metal bench in every Walmart at the pharmacy that the people that the geezers, as I affectionately call them, sit on waiting for the prescriptions. <laughs> yeah. If you will plant your butt on that bench, 
and either just eavesdrop or strike up a conversation with the seniors and boomers waiting for your prescriptions, you'll get more viable marketing intel about your market from that than you will from, you know, weeks of reading stuff online. Because mm. now you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. And, you know, if you're not a sociopath and actually have some empathy, <laughs> you will do, you'll develop a, 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 an actual empathetic connection with this person and the things they're suffering through. And so that is my preference is to speak to the market, to speak to an actual human being in the market, multiple human beings and hear from the horse's mouth, their biggest fears, their biggest frustrations, biggest desires. Yeah, that, and that's critical information um, and definitely needed in, in today's day and age. Um, I think we do a lot of assumptions, which can be deadly and it can hurt your business if, uh, if you assume incorrectly or if you just assume at all. Um, I want to um, shift the conversation a little bit to, um, to the one fun question and then I'll follow that up with a, with a final question. Um, but mentors and learning from others and reading are critical pieces to any person's growth. Is there anyone that you would like to meet to further or help your business? And why would you like to meet that individual? Ooh, that's a good question. I didn't tell um, you before the show because I wanted it to be the first person that came to your mind. <laughs> so I immediately had two people come to mind. The first one is Gene Schwartz, who was a copywriter who passed away I, several years ago. And the guy was just brilliant. He wrote a great book called Breakthrough Advertising that if you've never read it, you should check that out. Um, especially the, in fact, if all you do is read the first three chapters, you'll have an insight into online marketing that that most marketers simply don't have um, that could pay off really well for you. So like he's the first person who came to mind, but then almost immediately somebody else came to mind and this is probably not expected, but remember when we were, when we were talking before the show and yeah. I told you I hate my last name. Yeah. So how that came up, about was my great grandfather emigrated from French Canada, from Quebec. And it's, and the last name is Gallipo, which is a fairly common French Canadian name, but the US immigration people screwed it up and spelled it Gallipo. <laughs> like, probably still laughing, but I thought, oh, let's put a poo on the end of this. Ha ha ha. And unfortunately, you know, if I could. I would like to meet my great grandfather because mm. I never got, I never got to hear his whole story. You know, mm. I got to hear bits and pieces from my grandfather, but so he immigrated here to the U S with nothing and wound up being, it didn't speak a word of English mm. and wound up being a successful farmer. And I even found a story online. His name was Francis. Uh, Francis Gallup, who I even found a story online that was written about him that when a hurricane came through his property and he was caught outside, I'm sorry, hurricane. Sorry, I've been living in Florida too long. <laughs> so this was Ohio when a tornado came through his property and he was outside with his family. So there was no time to get to shelter. 
he actually grabbed his, his kids and hugged them around this tree while this tornado passed through. And they actually did a news story about it. Hmm. So a true man's man started with nothing, didn't even speak English. His wife had to teach him English. And yet he winds, you know, he winds up running a successful farm. And I would like to meet that guy. And I guess for two reasons, because I mean, that's, that's a man's man. Uh, talk about overcoming adversity, a true entrepreneur. And I, you know, but that's also a deep desire within me of wanting to know more about myself, mm-hmm. you know, cause that, that guy is a part of my DNA and I never had the opportunity to get to know him. So as much as I respect Gene Schwartz and admire his work that, you know, grandpa Gal- Galli Poe to pronounce it right. Grandpa Galli Poe was the, the very next person that flashed in my mind and, that will be the hands down winner. That's a, <laughs> to that's a great story. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story with us on, on live on air. That, that, that truly means a lot. Um, my final question to you is the blind entrepreneur is defined as a person who may be temporarily lost in business and cannot see the obvious. They're stuck in a particular headspace and just can't get out. Maybe what you were um, during that nine year period. Um, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? So the, the, the first piece of advice is, um, and I know this sounds so cliche and trite, uh, you know, because it's said all the time, but never give up. And, And there, and there's so much truth to that. Just continuing, uh, Failure after failure after failure, just never giving up because those failures are probably what you need to go through either as the learning process to get you where you need to be or to lead you to something else. So that's the first piece of advice. Um, the, the, the second piece of advice would be... Um, and, and I feel blind all the time, you know, because you can't see the picture if you're in the frame and you just simply can't, you, you need somebody outside of the frame to help you look at the picture and guide you, you know, and if that's you hiring a coach or a mentor or just asking somebody to mentor you, um, First of all, it takes an it takes an entrepreneur to understand another entrepreneur. So you know, you can't ask your buddy, your drinking buddy, who's you know got a job working construction, to look at your picture for you. At least that's my experience. Thirty years as an entrepreneur, that's what it's taught to me. So you can't see the picture if you're in the frame. And the third piece of advice is, uh, and and I. I would love to give credit to whoever I don't, this popped into my head one day and I think what happened is this is a mishmash of a bunch of stuff that I've just read and it just popped out this way. Uh, The only thing more powerful than the word is the act. Mm. 
so I wrote that down. If I can find out that that's a quote from somebody, I will be happy to attribute that to them. Um, but I really like that quote because as a, as a direct response guy, I mean, I've made millions with words and putting words on paper. So I know the power of words. Um, and that's why I like that. The only thing more powerful than the word is the act. Just constantly taking action. You may be blind most of the time because there is no step-by-step -step system. The only way you get to step number two is by taking step number one. And you're never going to find out what step number three is until you take step number two. Mm -hmm. So as much as I would like to say that, oh yeah, there's a step-by-step -step thing. No, it's just taking the steps and you'll feel like you're blind most of the time, but that's what's going to, step number one is what's going to lead you to step number two. Well, great advice, and I appreciate it, and I will call you by the name that has been marketed to, and it's Doberman Dan. Thank you so much for your time this morning to talk about your experiences in business. It really means a lot, and I'd like to give the next 30 seconds to plug uh, anything you have going on, how people can learn more about you, be a part of your journey, and hopefully uh, become a customer. I thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. I, I guess the best way to, to get to know more about me is uh, my website at DobermanDan.com. So there are plenty of articles up there that I've written over the years and case studies. And if someone would choose to opt in, they're going to see my latest business model, which is I affectionately call it the just sell the damn thing model. So... <laughs> So they'll, uh, they'll be redirected to a book offer and they'll see uh, how I bring people into my fold. And then if they want to check out my podcast, I do a, a weekly podcast called Off the Chain, Doberman Dan, and it's on, you can find it on iTunes and you can also find it on offthechainshow.com. Very cool. And every single uh, website and mention will be in the show notes so people can Go ahead and find all about that and do their research to be a part of the, the system that you've uh, strategically created. Um, just want to give a, a, a brief thank you to everybody that is still watching and listening. And thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.